Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start, if you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. I'm Sam Moores, and with us today, we have Alain Visser. Hello. Hi, Sam. Good to see you. Hi, welcome. Can you tell <laughs> the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Alain Visser. As you said, I'm Belgian. I've been 36 years in the car industry for General Motors, Volvo, and about seven years ago started the project of Lincoln Co. I'm the CEO of Lincoln Co. And basically for me, I would almost say as a revolution against my past in terms of <laughs> trying to change the car industry a little bit from the traditional model of which has been the same for about a century, but we basically make cars, ship them to dealers who sell them and fix them. And we said, let's really change that upside down and try to be a bit disruptive in a more also sustainable way and really change the business model within the car industry. That's in a, in a nutshell. We, mm. we like to call ourselves the Netflix of the car industry. And I actually think that's not such a bad comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I think if if you can reach the the level of market penetration that Netflix have, that's <laughs> going to be a, a good success success point. So, let's sort of wind back a little bit. Um, you know, how did you get into all this space? Have you worked in the automotive business all your life, or what happened? How did I have, happen? and I, I actually landed into it purely by coincidence. Uh, I, I I was working in in uh, or studying in Belgium, started purely by coincidence, at Ford Belgium. And I stayed with Ford for about 17 years, 36 years purely in the car industry. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I really love the industry. Um, and then I, there's, I think, two things that happened that where I thought like, oops, I, I need to take a break here. The first one is you come after 30 years to the conclusion, nothing has really changed. It's an industry <laughs> that claims to be super innovative, but I think is not at all. 
Uh, the yeah. business model is exactly the same as 50 years ago. The only thing that has changed is the product. But then you could say that this product, the smartphone, has probably changed more in the last five years than a car in the last 50 years. So there's a, an immense exaggeration of, of innovation. And then the, the other thing, which sounds religious, but I promise you it is true. My two sons, who both live in London, by the way, uh, who are millennials, asked me some years ago, Dad, what have you been doing your whole life? And the, <laughs> the sobering answer was, I sold cars. And that didn't really give me a warm feeling inside. So I thought, let's do something radically different. And we started from scratch uh, back in, actually in October 2015, when I started uh, Lincoln Co. as a true, I would almost say startup, yeah. And that um, that starting of Lincoln Co., at the time you were working for Volvo, is that right? That's correct. Uh, and what were you doing at Volvo? At Volvo, I was the, the global head of sales, marketing and service. Um, and I actually had a team of, I think, was close to between three and 4,000 people and started on the 1st of October 2015 alone. No office, <laughs> no employees, which was one of the... Probably the only moment in my career where I thought, shit, sorry for the word, like uh, this is this is quite challenging. And I spent the first day actually going to a furniture shore, uh, shop, uh, buying some tables, chairs and lamps and then recruited three or four people. And now we're, yeah, we're just over a thousand people. So a lot has happened nice. since then. A yeah. lot has happened. And, <laughs> and OK, so where did the where did the concept come from? What particularly at that time? you know, yeah. led you to get to that, to get to the concept? Well, th there's two things. First is that um, the average car on this planet stands still for 96% of the time. I saw yes. that statistics seven, eight years ago, and it just threw me away. I said, this is just unbelievable. And um, I, I, I have to... I don't know if I have to smile or cry when I hear all car manufacturing saying that they are sustainable. The only thing that has become sustainable is, of course, electric car. And let's face it, we wouldn't have electric cars if it wasn't for Tesla. So, but we don't want to admit that. And if your business model consists in selling a product that stands still for 96% of the time, it sure as hell is not a sustainable business. <laughs> so that's the one thing where I thought something needs to change. But then secondly, I thought this whole world, the consumer trends are changing at a pace that is so fascinating. And the industry doesn't do anything. For me, one of the most fascinating trends that we see happening globally, actually, in Europe, in the US and in China, is that people spending more money on doing things than on buying things. I like to call it the dematerialization. The, the experience is more important than the ownership. So, and the same counts for mobility for cars. People want to use cars and don't necessarily want to buy cars. Um, and we said, why not use that to change a totally different business model that is basically uh, based on an experience rather than on an ownership? So our model really in basic consists that you, you pay a monthly fee for using a car for a month. And during that month, you can also share the car. And the more you share it, the lower your cost and the more you participate to a more sustainable uh, mobility concept. So it's, yeah, it's a fundamental change to to the, the normal car industry. Yeah, it's a, I, I was having a look through through your website. I actually saw, I'd, 
I've not seen, well, you're not in the UK yet, are you? So No, not yet. I've not we seen any here. Right-hand right drive car yet. <laughs> but I was in Barcelona yeah. and I saw one driving along and I was like, what is that? Like, I've never, I'd never <laughs> heard of the company and I just saw a Lincoln Co on the back and then looked yeah. it up and was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Like, I've not seen them. Um, but I, I, like, I look around and... I'm sort of the extreme end of the car world, like car <laughs> fanatic and I have too many cars. But even I like look outside and right outside there's like two cars on the street that are mine and I go, I know they're not getting used. Like, I, mm. If it's just me, I can only drive one of them. So the other one is never going to get used. And that in itself, like I love the objects, but at the same time I love using the objects. So I feel a bit sad when they're not getting used. Um, but I was having a look through the website and I, yeah, I saw the first bit, like, you know, the car, and the sort of the concept and then the, the borrowing aspect, which I can't, I can't remember what the tagline was, but it was just sort of three parts and, and looked into that. And that seems, cause we have a uh, zip car yeah. and these sort of like rental cars you can rent for whatever it is, half an hour or whatever. And there's actually one on our street. Um, but you're allowing this, you're opening this up to people that would own or have control of a car. Um, That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and, and look, don't look, I, I don't have the arrogance to say all the car manufacturers are wrong and we are right, uh, but I do have the confidence to say that we see there's enough people in Europe and in the UK, by the way, who don't necessarily want to go to a dealership and buy a car. Uh, yeah. They, like you said, said, yeah, we need a car, but I don't necessarily need to own one. And we see that that percentage of people is growing rapidly. And for those people, there isn't really a true choice. Um, so we basically said then, okay, then let's use, let's sell the usage of a car, an experience with a car. Um, and that's what we're doing. And you're right, it's, it's, it's interesting the comparison you made with the sharing car companies and and. Uh, I, I must say I have a lot of respect for those, but it's 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 very difficult. Uh, you have I, I would say two concepts of sharing. You either park a number of cars and then you can use them. In our case, it's almost like a personal relationship. When I borrow your car, yeah, I I am in contact with you, Sam, and it's a yeah. personal. So you have an also a bit higher respect for the product because it's somebody's product. Yeah. So one of as you know big problems in the sharing industry is people return bikes, steps, uh, mopeds or cars in a terrible condition because it's just a car that I've used and it's yeah. anonymous. In our case, you use the car of Mr. or Mrs. and you're in contact with that person. So it, it helps us in terms of the, the, the return quality of the, of the vehicle, which is quite a big issue in the, in the sharing economy. Is there like like how many cars have you got out and about? And is there one country that's got a lot more than any others? And what sort of yeah, we, volume we're currently in in seven countries: in Belgium, Netherlands, Sweden, Germany, France, Italy, and Spain. Um, the number one market today is the Netherlands, and number two is Italy. Uh, we've got about forty thousand cars on the road now in Europe, so it's going quite fast. Uh, and about 15% of those are being shared. You could say that's not a lot, but for us, that's quite motivating because yeah. it, and it's growing quite rapidly. 
And you see that in the statistics we ask our customers, are you willing to share about 50% is considering and 15 is doing it. Yeah. But you see that people are getting used to it because let's face it, in Europe and all over the world, sharing of a car is new. But I always say like it's strange if somebody 20 years ago would have said, I'm going to start a company that allows you to share your house to a stranger, yeah. you would have said that is just insane. And now Airbnb is just a normal thing. So how big is the step between borrowing your house and borrowing your car? For me, it's actually That's quite a small one. So, so we think it's a matter of time and, and it's uh, where we're, you can't push it and we can't force it, but we want to incentivize it. In our case, you make money out of sharing. We actually have now about, I think it's about 20 customers in Europe who actually make more money from the borrowing than they pay in their monthly fee. So it becomes like a, a profitable business to nice. share your car. And we are okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, presumably the more that happens, the better, because more Absolutely. people will immediately, Absolutely. you'll just yeah. buy one, put it on your street and yeah, let it do, let it do its thing. So when... Do you have people that are, are borrowing them? Uh, is it? Do you get a lot of crossover of it's like owners in other places, or is it just like an Airbnb? People are going, okay, I know about Lincoln Co. I know I might be able to, because that's probably got to be a problem getting people to just open the app to try and yeah. borrow a car. Yeah, it's it's. Interestingly, you'll be surprised with our awareness level uh, that we measure in those seven markets where we are present is 7%, which is very, very low. So only seven, uh, seven out of 100 Europeans in those seven markets know us, which is very, very low. Uh, and, and I think that for us, that's quite motivating because when you see that now we've delivered 40,000 cars, it shows just that the potential of this concept is very high. We have about 190,000, close to 200,000 members now, which are people who then have the app and are ready to, to use the car. We're not promoting that very much now uh, because, of course, you need a critical mass of cars on the streets in order for the yeah. sharing to, to work. Otherwise, it's it's like ordering an Uber and, and you have to wait for ages. It's, it's, it's not a nice experience. Yeah. So we're trying to balance the supply demand, uh, if, if I could call it that way. But the majority indeed of these people are sort of, uh, they download the app. Uh, they, they, you, it's, I could show it to you. It's super, super simple. You see on the app in your area, where are cars and on what price? You set the price, we don't. Uh, and then you click okay. on that car and you get a code. And with that code, you open the car with your phone and drive the car with your phone. So you don't need to exchange a a key and that's that's how it happens it's brutally simple um and look there's the majority of our customers say we don't want to share it's 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 for us and that's okay uh, but we think it's it's a it's a gradual process people are yeah. getting used to it and what we really like sam is what we see now happening is that in some cities uh what we see happening is that for example three friends live in berlin they all three need a car, but not all the time. And they decide to share the cost, which is 550 euros currently. They share it amongst the three of them and they use the app to share the car at zero cost uh, okay. amongst the three of them. So that's for us also a good way of utilizing our sharing function. That's quite, that's quite neat. Because then you, mm. 
you've got all of the, you know, you've got your key, which is your phone and it yeah. can all be managed via yeah. the app. And then, so is there sort of like a, in that situation, if you want to book it out, presumably then there's one person that's like the account holder that then can say, you exactly. have it this time, you have it this time, you have it this time. Exactly. So the, the contract will be on one person and he is the owner officially of the car or the, let's say the formal user. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest can, uh, can uh, lend the, or borrow the car from him and he just does the administration. Uh, and you basically book the car via the app and you don't pay for it. And with the key, sorry, with the phone, which is your key, you just then drive it. Uh, and we see that now growing, which is a concept I like because it's very much in the philosophy of what we want to do. I know it may sound strange, but our business model is not to sell as much metal as possible as any <laughs> other OEM. It is, it is really to optimize the usage of those cars that are on the road. And that's, that's our business model. I think, look, let's, let's be honest about it. We're, we want to do a sustainable business model, but we want to make money, of course. Yeah. But there's different ways to make money. You can make money by just selling as many cars as possible, or you can do it by utilizing the cars better. And I feel, I must say, I sleep better with that thought than just selling metal. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have this sort of internal struggle of like, you know, I like cars, but I also live in London. Yeah. And... Like my day-to-day -day driving, if I do some driving, we have a small EV that we use around town and it's always just short journeys and then most of the time the car's sitting. And if I'm going, I'm slightly outside and if I'm going into sort of central town, I don't really want to have a car. I kind of just, I would like to get there, whether it's public transport or in a car, and then I just want to go like, nothing to do with me, thank you very much. I'm going to carry on with my day. Um, and at the moment, most people drive somewhere, park up in a city center, for example, for a whole day, and then they drive home at the end of the day. I know your system's not quite right for this, but it's a bit mm -hmm. different, but like parking, for example, is one of the, isn't it? I know in London, I think it's like two thirds of traffic or something. It's just cars yeah, looking it's, for it's... a parking space. Yeah. I, I, that's in, indeed the statistic I received, and that is quite some years ago now, is that 50% of city traffic in the major European cities are people looking for a parking spot. Yeah. It's it's just insane. And look, I, you may be surprised of me saying it, but we just need to tell the truth. It's in, a, in most of the major cities in Europe, it's not a wise decision to drive a car to move around. It's no. not efficient. So I think what we're saying is that, yeah, use a car to go to the city, park it somewhere, and then use other means of transportation because the car is just not always the best mean. Uh, and then maybe also something we haven't discussed yet is the, the car itself because it's some people are surprised, and you may be too, Sam, that you, uh, even though in the UK it's not an exception, we, we don't talk so much about the car, uh, which surprises okay. some people. Uh, because I, I basically decided some years ago that, look, everybody's saying they have the best car. Yeah. And the reality is they're probably all right because it's all cars are good now. There, there are yeah. no bad cars anymore. So we can go out there and say, yeah, but ours is even better. And it's 
sorry, it's bullshit. It's it's all cars are just damn good now. So we said, let's differentiate in a different way. But also our car, so which is a plug-in hybrid now, and you've seen it, it's a bit of a, a crossover. Um, we, we decided to keep it very simple. It's available in two colors, black and blue, yeah. and there's no options. So <laughs> our, our configurator on the website is one choice, black or blue, and that's it. I like and that. It's, yeah, and it's, it's quite interesting because when we started that, even my own colleagues said, this is crazy, this doesn't fly. And yet now, after two years, we haven't had one single customer who said, I was interested, but... I couldn't choose the color I wanted. Yeah. And well, that's that's how that's how it is for us. It's super simple. That means also that we always have the right car in stock because there are mm. only two. So exactly, yeah, we kept we don't, it very. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're starting to see because I, I saw yesterday. I think Audi announced in the UK. I presume they've done it elsewhere. They've each car in the range of like the million different models that every manufacturer makes these days. Yeah. they have. I don't know, five different levels of trim. Yeah. I, I can't remember what they're called. They're all called various different stuff. And then within all of those levels of trim, you can add bits, take bits off, whatever. Exactly. And um, yeah. what they've done is they've cut, let's say, the five down to three. And they've put, they've gone, okay, well, we know most people that order this trim generally get a panoramic roof. Like most people get a yeah. panoramic roof. So they've yeah. put them together and just made the options. I know, I remember listening to, a, I think it was Tesla in their latest talk. Um, they ran the data on their sunroofs. I think they had opening sunroofs at one point in time. And they just mm -hmm. saw from the data that no one used them. Like, <laughs> like 2% yeah. of people with a sunroof ever opened it. So they just made it a panoramic roof. Yeah. Gone. And... Like when I'm looking at used cars, for example, it's always a problem because there's always like little spec things that people have done that are just not <laughs> right. And you go, okay, from a production point of view, and this has got to be part of it from your end. Actually, if you're just making one car in two colors and it's kind of got all the stuff you need in it and it looks nice, that's got to be so much cheaper than oh, making... Yeah. 400 different versions of the same car on one production line. Yeah, it's the first time that I'm in a job where the manufacturing guys like me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, the simplicity is, is massive. It's two, yeah, it's two colors, and the rest is, is the same. So there is, there is no complexity. And, and, and I got in the beginning quite some of your colleagues who asked the question, but is that premium if you cannot choose? If you cannot choose, is that premium? And I, I always make the comparison with the fashion world. If you go to, say, a, a Dolce Gabbana shop and you buy and you see a cool black leather jacket, you don't go to the lady in the shop and say, can I have it in blue with gray buttons? It, it, you, you just take it like that. And the brand has made sure that it looks at best in that color. And that's what we've done as well. We thought black and blue is really... And there's not a lot of people who really, really don't find their taste in black and blue. And if, look, if you really, really, really want a red car, well, it won't be a Lincoln Code. Yeah. So it's a, we're, we're just, I think, honest and transparent about it. Yeah, yeah I like, Zane, and you were previously at Volvo, like all their colors are all, at the moment, they're all kind of similar. They're all kind of similar, but they all look good. They all yeah. look good right now. <clears throat> yeah. And you never see a, I never see a bad spec 
Volvo these days because they're all no. one of the yeah. five colors yeah. or whatever it is. Whereas you see that a lot with other manufacturers where you're like, there's a couple of NAF colors and and, and, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and the the pricing model and, and things like insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, so, so basically the insurance is covered within the, so it, the, our current prices in, in Europe, we have a one price policy. So it's the same in all countries, except in Sweden, where you have a different currency, but we have a 550 uh, euro price that includes service, warranty, and also insurance. So, and the insurance covers both yourself, of course, the car and the, the, the borrowers, uh, uh, that that use the car, so it's 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 the lender. Sorry, the, the no the borrowers. I always have the confusion in English between borrower <laughs> yeah, and lender, yeah. but the one who utilizes your car. Yeah. So it is all covered within the within the monthly fee. Yeah. And it's it's been one of our biggest challenges because, as you can imagine, doing insurance for a sharing concept is not easy. We work together with a German company, Allianz, who's probably the biggest yeah. insurance company. And they worked with us during about three years to find a concept that covers the the sharing insurance. And we now have that included into our monthly contract. And you may have seen, I think it's also in the UK now, suddenly subscription is a, is a new marketing blah, blah thing in yeah. the car industry. Suddenly you don't lease cars anymore or rent them. You subscribe at the subscription. Um, I think it's very much, as I said, a marketing blah, blah. A lot of these subscriptions are short-term leases. Uh, the big difference in our case, other than the fact that you can share, is that in our case, it's really one month. So after one month, you can step out of the contract. That's why I like the comparison with Netflix. It's really a one month, but then people stay. And it's this psychological feeling that whatever happens, you can step out. Whereas in a leading, yeah. leasing contract, you're, you're stuck. And look in today's world where energy prices are going sky high, people are worried of, can I afford this car at all in three, four, five months, what's going to happen? Um, I think it's a it's a good feeling to know I can step out of it at any time. And that's what we what we try to offer, that, that ease of mind. Yeah, that's an interesting point because at the moment I've been going through a bit of car change and one of the, my little ev is a lease and that's going back at the moment i'm looking at different cars and with like you say with various financial stuff if you sell a car you immediately lose uh, whatever something in the exchange it's value yeah. minus getting someone to yeah. sell it whereas so if you change your car if you're someone that changes your car often then it makes sense to do some sort of model sometimes around, at least you know you've got a fixed cost, you know it's going to depreciate a certain amount. So you're yeah. like, if I keep it only for a little bit, and then you're not suddenly hit with a massive bill because you want to decide to change to something else. Whereas this, okay, at the moment you've got one car, I know you're releasing or you're working on an EV, is that right? Correct, yes, correct, yeah. Um, So a lot of manufacturers that, I've seen the subscription thing. It's like you pay normally quite a large amount of money and then you can swap around. Um, when yeah. someone first subscribes to one of your cars, what sort of age car do they get? Do they get a new car? 
Presumably yeah, they not. get in. So in the beginning, of course, all got a, a new car. Now we've in the contract always said a new or almost new car. You would sometimes, if somebody, for example, takes a subscription and uh, stops the contract after two months, which happens uh, almost. I think ninety percent of those people who step out of our subscription do it for private reasons. They move to another city or and they don't need yeah. a car or they have a company car in their new job, etc. So these cars, when they're only two, three months old, they go into a new subscription. So you get an almost new car. Uh, but once the car is, let's say, past six months, we would then, uh, that car would not go into a new subscription anymore. So you get a new or almost new car. So what happens to those cars that are six months older that someone is not subscribing to yeah so the cars that come back after six or let's say 12 months and it's seldom more than 12 months if it is more we actually take the car back so that's an, another interesting point of it so after 12 months different by country between 10 and 14 months we actually take the car back and give you a new car so for the customer it's like a nice surprise after a year i get a new car with the latest software update etc which is uh, i think always a surprise delight moment uh, and we then sell that car as a used car uh, with, with of course still the whole sharing so the the concept of the sustainability is much more based on the sharing than on the subscription uh, but those used cars then go out in the used car market and still with the full uh, potential to share the car that's that's how it works uh, okay so if i yep. look on a used car marketplace in europe somewhere i will find some lincoln co cars for whatever yeah exactly and, and, the, and those are starting to appear now as of course we are getting our first return since a couple of months so that market is now starting for us yeah exactly and then might you in the future do a lower tier for like a two-year-old car, or is that not part of the plan? Yeah, we're looking at that. We're indeed looking at that. It's 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 always difficult to make that happen. The the interesting part is, as you probably know, Sam, is that the older the car, the more the service cost, and the service cost is a big part of the monthly yeah. fee. So you could almost end up with a, the oldest cars being more expensive than the new cars because of the service cost. So we're we're working on a concept that you can then also start to subscribe a used car. And uh, that's that I think so that we, because let's face it, 550 euros per month is a very good price. Uh, but there's a lot of customers who will not have 550 euros. Yeah. And then we think if we then can offer a used car at a lower monthly fee, that could open another market and we're working on that as well. Yeah, because yeah, I guess it's, it's and all, all manufacturers have this, this this situation but if you're sort of working towards sustainability and stuff like that if you're pushing everyone into it or not necessarily pushing everyone but if everyone's mm -hmm. that's on your thing is getting a new car once a year you're creating yeah. a new car once a year when there's someone might have kept it for 10 years or whatever now i know it's in the marketplace and it's being moved around and stuff like that but that is a yeah. that is a factor i guess yeah exactly exactly and of course we need to manage the the supply demand of the used car market so that's why it's, it's also in our interest to have cars that are a bit younger cars that's a bit older so you have a diversified portfolio of used cars mm. in the used car market and that's yeah. everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems 
But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now happening, and, and look, we, we see that despite the fact that our contract is one month, uh, the average uh, duration that a customer keeps uh, the car is more like a year. So it, it is, that's why I like, again, the comparison with Netflix. Netflix, you say, okay, I'm going to just yeah. start following it for a month and then you never stop it. And, yeah. and it's similar, similar things are happening with us, which is, of course, which is good. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. I, I would definitely be, for, I'd like another EV. And I'm really yeah. looking at the different ways of doing it because the market is changing so fast. The technology Massive. is changing yeah. so fast that like committing to buying something and going like, I just don't know where it's going to be in five years time. So Exactly. Exactly. And look, the latest technology today is going to be not at all the latest in even one year. It's, yeah. it's amazing how quickly it goes. So it's, it's I think there... I think our formula plays in in that game as well. You 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 look the average holding time of a car in Europe. I think now is about five and a half years. Uh, I don't know the age in 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 Germany. It's four and a half. In Portugal, it's fifteen. So it, yeah. it's it's very different. But it's let's say even if it's five years, uh, after five years today, you have an old car with old technology. Yeah. Twenty years ago. It, didn't make that much difference, but now it really does. So in our concept, you always have access to the latest technology. And have, have you looked at, or actually, well, we'll come on to this in a sec, but have you looked at taking cars back and sort of remanufacturing is a word that's getting used at the moment, but yeah, sort of, you know, doing a bit more, change the infotainment or, you know, that sort of stuff after, you know, in the future in five years time or something? Not yet. We, 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 we still use a term more remarketing than remanufacturing. So it's bringing the car back if there are any scratches or accidents or we repair the car. Uh, we also, of course, but we now have OTA over, over the okay. air software updates. So we don't need to update the software after the car comes back. Yeah. We can do it while the car is, is, it's, is in the customer's hands. So we, we do more the remarketing than the remanufacturing it. Mm. And where where have the cars come from? Because I know you have an association with Chile. Yeah. Um, how, how did that, did they come in at the very beginning? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's a, it's a funny story probably. In, in October, no, well, I started in October, but in early 2015, I was asked to... Uh, to start a new car brand. 
And given the background that I gave you, sort of the doubts on why is the car industry not doing anything, is it sustainable, etc. I was asked to start a new car company. I went to the headquarters in, in Geely and sold my idea and said, look, instead of doing a car company, I'd like to do this. I will use the car, but I'll use it in a different way. And I have to admit in the first meeting, they looked at me as if I had been smoking <laughs> the wrong substance, but it's, I, I never gave up, went back and back. And, and after some months, I got the green lights, recruit some people. And that's how the whole thing started, really from an, an idea. So yeah, I, 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 I sold the idea. And now after, what is it, uh, seven years later, it's become quite big. Uh, but that's, yeah, that was the starting point. And we, so it's it's 100% owned by, we're a sister company of Polestar and Volvo. Yeah. Uh, the car is built in, in China. We were initially planning to build it in the Volvo plant in Belgium, in Ghent. But as the XC40 was selling so well, there wasn't enough capacity. So then yeah. we decided to build the car in, in China. In the long term, we don't exclude uh, production in Europe. And I think given the fact that the volume is now growing so rapidly, uh, we believe that uh, one way or another, that is that has to be on the agenda. But there's no concrete plan for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, sorry, one of the, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, yeah, your showrooms. So <laughs> how does this work? Do you have showrooms? Is it all on an app? No, we don't, we don't have showrooms. And that's another story. It's, uh, I, I always say our business model or what makes it different is, first of all, you don't buy, you can buy the car, but it's subscription. Then you have the sharing. Then you have the product that is brutally simple, two colors. And then you have the distribution system. And I, I with, a, with, a, with the risk of being a bit provocative and insulting some people, but after 36 years in the industry, Sam, I still have not met the family that wakes up on a Saturday morning and tells their children, kids, we got good news. We're going to our car dealership today. It's never <laughs> going to happen. Going to a car dealership, you don't want to do it. It's boring. They're always outside of the city where the real estate is affordable. Uh, it's it's not a fun place to be. Yeah. There's a there's a U.S. study that I liked that I saw some years ago that showed that 30 percent of American car buyers rather go to a dentist than to a car dealership. <laughs> so we uh, we said let's not go that way. Um, anyway, so we said we are an online business, but I'm a big believer that you can create a business online, but you can't create a brand online. So we said based on the learnings of dealerships, let's not do dealerships, let's do clubs as we call them. We now have 11. First one was in Amsterdam. Uh, we now have Barcelona, uh, uh, yeah, Amsterdam, Milan, Berlin. Uh, so we have 11 now. It's quite shocking in a way that it's almost like the opposite of a car dealership. They're yeah. between, let's say on average 300 square meters uh, they're like concept stores with a bar. They're very colorful. People come in and nice. they say, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then somewhere there's a car. There's always one car. We even in Rome don't have a car at all. So for me, they are the physical touch points of the brand. They're the evidence of what we stand for. We sell sustainable stuff, cool things. And you have can have drinks there. We have evening events. So they become hangout places rather than sales uh, places. They're part of the marketing organization, 
not of the sales organization, even though you, of course, can do test drives from there. And that's our distribution concept. We, we, we don't want to have dealers. We don't want to have a dealer network. Uh, we deliver the car in different ways via the clubs or via a different place, even in hotels in some places. We deliver the cars. Um, but yeah, that's our concept. So very, very different concept in terms of the clubs. We're very proud of it. And I think it's still within that industry. I think uh, there's no brand that is even close to that. Definitely not in this industry. Yeah, I think it's a very cool way of doing it. Like, if I'm buying, if I'm just going to buy a car or whatever, I, I would, I just want to see it and then ideally test drive it. But if I can test drive it at my house, that's the best. Like yeah, someone exactly. comes to your house yeah. Yeah. and then there's the sort of a bit like we were talking about luxury clothing. And I, I think clothing shops need to go a hundred percent this way of you have like a boutique experience where you can see the items you might be able to try them on, but they don't have all the five hundred right. all yeah. the stock. They just yeah. have all the sizes, yeah. so you can try them on, and then you'll get yeah. it'll get delivered to your house the next day. Like that yeah. seems to me to make much more sense than I I what totally we do agree now. with you. And I I think, and it's again linked to what I said in the beginning. People want experiences. You want to go somewhere where you feel fascinated about the brand, yeah. and maybe also about their products, about their services. But then you don't have to do the whole thing there. Uh, and, and in our case, of course, it's m very important because I, I think you, you cannot build a brand online. That's my personal belief. You need personal touch points. You need people. Uh, but it's, it's the, the brand has to be built physically, but the business can happen online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes that makes perfect sense to me. Like yeah. if you go into most car showrooms and the ones that are the worst is generally the more money the car costs, the harder it is to walk in the door. Not necessarily like physically, but psychologically. I think for a lot of people you walk in, there's this massive open space. There's nothing in it other yeah. than like yeah. five cars that have got like these little islands. And then there'll be someone in a desk like standing there if it's a really poncy place, they might even buzz you in. Um, although most places have got rid of that now. Um, and then you walk in and you're like, uh, uh, this is this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and that's coming from yeah. someone that's like, I can afford these cars. <laughs> I just, the experience of walking in is kind of horrible. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And let's face it, it's, it's not gotten better. And, and we can't blame the dealers because it's the OEMs that force the dealers to invest, invest, invest. And, and then you, you, you drive in these car alleys where you have all the brands next to yeah. each other. And nobody goes there for shopping. You go there if you want to buy a car. And it's always an odd feeling because it's, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a clothing shop where you go in, you just wander around a bit. It's so it's we we said let's not go there. Let's create something and look the as we are. I think I told you, you know we have seven percent awareness. So the majority of the people don't know us. Our clubs are really downtown. I would guess I would guess that ninety percent of the people who come in our clubs have no idea what Lincoln Co is. They come in yeah. and they think first they <laughs> think it's a bar, then they think it's a concept store, and then they walk in and say, "Oh God, there's a car here." So that's. Yeah. I like it that they discover the brand 
in a in a spontaneous way and they may not even be interested at all in a new car but if they ever think of mobility and getting to transportation they will probably remember us in a positive way rather than having yeah. been one of the car brands that try to try to sell you a used car at a high discount we we just do it in different ways and so far it's paying off yeah and i i like the I like the sort of cleanliness of online purchasing. Like you, you yeah. I think different countries feel differently about this sort of thing, but I'm very much, if the price is the price and it's there and that's the price, it's the price. You might <laughs> exactly. be able, you might be able yeah. to get a discount at a certain time of year or whatever, but like that's the price. Whereas I walk into a car showroom and I have an underlying feeling that the price is not the price. That there's that <laughs> yeah. there's there's some sort of price set, and then there's some sort of price that the dealer would be happy exactly. with, and they're not aligned, and that's exactly. kind of a horrible feeling. But it is it is a horrible feeling, and it's it's odd, no, because we don't think about it because it's so we're so used to it. But you buy everything, and in a country like in the UK or in any country, yeah. Most things you buy, or almost everything you buy, don't, you don't ask for a discount. You don't go oh. to a clothing shop and <laughs> I want to buy this sweater. What discount do you give me? Yeah. It would be almost embarrassing. But with a car, you do. And how come that for a 10 euros T-shirt, you don't ask discount, but for a 100,000 euro car, you ask for a discount? Yeah. It's, it's, and you know, as you say, look, a, a good salesman, does that transaction once a day an average customer does that transaction once every five years yeah. so guess who's the winner of that <laughs> of that transaction it's always a salesman so it's it's just an ugly feeling and in our case we just said there is no discount that's the yeah. price it's a fixed price and the decision making process of which color which wheels do i take 16 or 17 inch or yeah. for us it's just we've made sure that the car looks good we only have 20 inch wheels by the way so the car looks great we have a right good interior uh, we don't offer leather we were the first car by the way i think ever in the car industry that doesn't offer leather we have a, a fabric called econil which is actually made from recycled plastic bottles oh, nice. uh, and, and you have one spec it by the way has a sunroof our car yeah. but we we might find out indeed that customers like the panoramic roof but never open it and actually yeah. it is something that we're finding out uh, but it's one spec so yeah. you only have to decide between black and blue and it's as radical as it sounds that seems to be the only problem that we have that our customers then really don't know to choose between black and blue and it's only one choice yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. With the just since you mentioned interiors, it, it's popped into my head. There's a lot of the phrase "vegan leather" gets said a lot in in the yeah. automotive industry at the moment, um, and I, I just find it an interesting phrase because it's not leather. No, fine, but what is it? And that's where it gets. If if you're creating something to be like leather, then often it's some sort of plastic maybe not recycled, maybe some interesting material. But this is from a sustainability point of view, it doesn't necessarily mean it's more sustainable than leather. Um, and actually, I quite like it when people are going, no, we've got this material that we like. We're not saying it's like leather. We just like this material and it's good. Uh, yeah. It, 
Exactly. And I, I, I find it so, it's funny that you say that because we always have that discussion, not any longer in the beginning. Look, the, the first time I went with that idea of dropping leather, even the designers, they, they were furious because for its leather, for whatever reason, the car industry is still considered as premium. Yeah. And you'd ask yourself, why? Because even an interior, if you buy a sofa 30 years ago, it was also leather yes. was the premium. But not any longer. You go to any fancy hotels or you seldom see leather sofas. Yeah. Now it's cooler to have fabrics. So there the evolution happens, but in the car, it doesn't. And let's face it, in a car, even more, you just stick on the leather when it's yeah. hot and it's freezing cold when it's cold. It's, yeah. it's just not a functional material and it's definitely not ecological, not sustainable. So we said, this whole idea of leather being premium is just old school. Let's go away from that. And we don't, I haven't had one single customer or, or people who contacted us like, why don't you have leather? It's, it's, if, if you don't offer it, it's not a, it's not a request, but I think you're right. The, it becomes even more stupid. I think when you say, let's now do a fake letter. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Like <laughs> I've got this little Peugeot electric car and it's got, um, it's got fabric seats, like all fabric in the middle and yeah. it looks cool. It works like you're like this, this is a good, this is, this works well. Like it's not hot. It's not cold. It's not slippy. Like I, I am ready for all manufacturers to start just doing whatever interiors, but you maybe yeah. have leather as an yeah. option, but offer other yeah. stuff. Um, whereas yeah. like you said, like, so the sofa thing is quite fu like, it's funny, isn't it? Cause there's no way in hell I would have a leather sofa now. Like some no. people do, but no. like you just wouldn't yeah. do it. Fabric. No, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, I normally wrap these up with five questions. Now, this could be quite interesting because oui. your the whole concept of your business is to remove sort of car ownership from the world. So we'll see see how some of these go. Um, do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? A most memorable driving trip. Well, I, I must say for me, the, and that is not because I'm talking to you, Sam, but I lived in total, I think, seven years in the UK. For me, still the countryside roads in the UK are for me the biggest fun to drive. I, yeah. I would go back just to go to the villages <laughs> uh, where I lived in the Essex area. And I know, yeah. uh, it, it, but they're just going from one village. So those roads are for me still the fun. That's for me the best driving experience I've ever had. Yeah. And, and I go need... back to the UK just to do that. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll go through them and you can, uh, you can see how they go. Yeah. If you can only drive one car. So do you have a Lincoln Co car? Is that your? Yeah. Yeah. That's my only car. I drive a zero one, a blue one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. I don't need to ask you anything more about like, it's blue. Okay. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all of the exactly. decisions. Not what size wheels. Exactly. Um, yeah. And do you see, do you miss... Do you have another car? No, it's all I have. Yeah. And and do you, well, I guess if you sort of own a car, so it's not like, well, you know, you have one available to you to use all the yeah. time. Do you, do you lend it out? Yes, I do. I do. I use the app, yeah, because I travel a lot. And when I'm at the airport, it's available, yeah. And it's oh, been used. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That yeah. works quite well. And then, yeah. yeah, airport, that's a good one. And then yeah. ideally someone borrows it for a week 
yeah. on the flip and then brings yeah. it back. Um, exactly. You can use that also instead of a rental car at an airport. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as long as the flights yeah. align and, and whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. They're not delayed and you're not delayed. Um, <laughs> what What do you think is the most interesting car to you at the moment, looking at this, the space? Today, it's tech um, or anything? I, I must say, I just, I was end of last year in China where I saw the new EV cars in the China market. There was a brand called Avtar, uh, uh, which I, the design of the car was stunning. Doesn't exist in Europe. Doesn't yeah. exist anywhere else. For me, that's stunning. You see a lot of new concepts coming out now. There, it's I look. I, it's a long answer, but the innovation in the car industry, I think, is so disappointing. I always <laughs> yeah. make the, I always make the example of take a four T of nineteen oh three and a car today. The way to keep the raindrops from your windshield on a 4T was a rubber <laughs> bar going from left to right on the top of the window. Now, 120 years, it's another rubber bar going on the bottom of the window up and down. That's 120 years evolution in this so innovative industry. So I think <laughs> I like the innovation in, in, in the cars in general. So, but there are some cool design cars yeah it's a really interesting time for sort of i think a bit of evolution although yeah. lots of cars from i'd say mainstream manufacturers if you sort of jumbled all together you'd end up with something not from like a design point or whatever but just the format a bit like your car like a sort of medium-sized crossover is kind yeah. of like the middle of the entire range of what do you think yeah. about um like, as we say, like so many manufacturers have so many different models and so many yeah. different shapes and so many different sizes. I, I personally, I don't see the point. I think you should maybe have, I don't, I don't know how many, but like four models or something kind of go small, medium, yeah. large or. Yeah. In, in our case, it's one and maybe we'll have two. I think it will never be more than three without naming names, some of like even the German premium manufacturers, I don't even understand the nomenclature anymore or the right. model strategy. I don't get it. I, I see these abbreviations. I don't get it. And I, I, I wonder what the consumer thinks of it. For me, it becomes just incredibly confusing. So I, I am a much bigger fan of simplicity. Yeah. Few models, simple nomenclature, and that's it. Uh, so, but that's that's my view. It's a uh, day. Yeah, probably thought it through quite I've, well. But I'm sure I would love to hear the the thinking behind it because I you see certain like Mercedes. This is the one I look at and I go, I don't even understand. Like, and I'm <laughs> in this space. I yeah. like consume all this stuff, and yeah, I sort of do know all the models, but I suspect it's people are buying into the brand. They want a Lincoln Co. They want an Audi. They want a Mercedes, whatever, Porsche or whatever it is. And then they go, what sort of car am I looking for? Or they might, it might be the other way around, but you're sort of buying into the brand and roughly the car. I don't think most customers want to split between no. five versions of the same thing and then have I to work out. I don't think either. And I think... Look, I've been there. I've I've been part of the the guilty part mm. of that industry. It, it's my view, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. It's just volume driven. Let's bring another trim level. Let's bring another yeah. body style. 
that could generate incremental volume. Some of it will be cannibalization with existing cars, but there might be incremental volume. Let's face it, that's, that's also the hypocrisy about this, the sustainability of the car industry. You, at the end of the day, you sell a product that stands still for 96% of the time. And the number one KPI of any OEM is sell more cars. Yeah. So there's, there's, this, there's this dilemma, conflict of, of interest, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, okay, you've sold a few more, but what was yeah. the development cost? Like, are you no, making it, any more money? Like, yeah, no, exactly. And it and it's is it is it a nice thing for a consumer? I just find it massively confusing. Yeah, uh, the choices now is it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I think consumers, they say are getting when you get other options, or it's some manufacturers where they've only got a few cars or whatever you go, Oh, this is simple. Like Tesla, yeah. perfect example. Got I don't know how many cars they got now four, three, four. Yeah. Um, few colors few colors few and yeah. they sell a lot yeah and they make a lot of money yeah you're like you look you, at that, i think there must be a lot of manufacturers looking at that and going hmm. yeah you you don't miss what you don't know so no. if you don't offer a lot of choice you don't you don't miss it yeah <laughs> it's once you have the choice that you get confused and worried and scared to choose the wrong one <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and if you're going i think if you're going premium like high end, I think the customization aspect, like a company like Rolls Royce is really like, and Bentley are really rolling into this at the moment, use of the word Rolls, then anyway, whatever, um, where <laughs> most of their Rolls Royce customers that buy a Phantom or something are spending an obscene amount of money making it bespoke and extra. And that's all like huge profit. But if you're the sort of bottom to middle end of the market, getting nice colors and a few things, yeah. people are not going to spend the price of a car on top. It's just Agreed. complexity. Yeah. No, and I agree. If you sell a Rolls Royce, look, these are people that have an insane amount of money that really spend that money to differentiate, to mm. be different. And then you need to be able to, even within the brand, differentiate, do it. This yeah. is my... And, and there, of course, it makes totally sense. It's part of what you stand for, but that's not what we stand for. Yeah. So it's we, we're in a different segment. Yeah. You're seeing some um, some manufacturers, we're starting to see subscription fees for different equipment levels. And I think this will increase <laughs> over time. Um, do, is this something that you've considered going okay if you want an adaptive no. cruise it's going to be cost a little bit more no we, we look i saw that in one german premium brand yes. offered heated seats heated which seats. was clear <laughs> yeah which was clearly a solution to the lack of chips available and yeah. i thought that was an insanely ridiculous thing <laughs> i just it it was the internal joke it went around here that yeah. press release i thought it was come on, you, you can find clever solutions to a problem. That was definitely not a clever solution <laughs> to a problem. No, I didn't. I thought I that was, was absolutely ridiculous. Significant backlash on that particular yeah. one of everyone just going, no, I've, I've either bought it or I've not bought it, whatever. Um, final question. We'll see how this one goes. Five car garage, unlimited value. <laughs> what? Sorry, five, five car, car garage. 
unlimited value you're like well i wouldn't which cars i would have in there oh god yeah. it look if it was from a design point of view i have to say i've always been an immense fan of the pure design of aston martin mm -hmm. uh it's i would never buy it because it's too it's for me to stand out yeah uh, it's not me but the design i think is phenomenal uh so i i really like that um I like currently very much the Land Rover Defender, which from a design yeah. point of view, again, is, is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would always have a Volvo, not because it's a sister brand, but I think it's, it's yeah. just sort of like, for me, the more sophisticated premium, if I could put yeah. it that way. Uh, would never buy a German premium brand because I, I never. Um, nah. That's probably it. And of course, there would be a zero one link. Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I and, really and like Yeah. Yeah. And maybe an old timer. It, it's yeah. probably a, and uh, for me, the Jaguar E type is the most beautiful car ever made. Nice. Uh, and, and it's, or it could be a Volvo Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast it was it's really good to learn a little bit more about you and 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 the business and you're you are coming to the uk or is that that is that yeah we are yeah we are yeah we are that's uh we just not precise timing but uh i think we're gonna have our first location somewhere in london somewhere probably at the end of next year yeah. cool well yeah. i'm looking forward to to at, walking down the street going into this random cool shop and going, <laughs> oh, that's a nice bar. And yeah. then seeing Lincoln go on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you might, well, I will make sure that you get invited when it happens. But if you just pass it, I think you will not be in a street with other car dealerships. Yeah. That's definitely not going to be the case. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. Thank you. It was really fun. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.